Welcome to the Mike on Much Podcast. I am your host, Mike Veerman. We are here with a friend and trusted producer, Max Kerman. We also have our pop culture aficionado, Shane Cunningham. Guys, lots going on. This is the big weekend. It's all happening. Three Arkell shows. Shane and I are going to be there Sunday night. So if any listeners want to say hi, if you're there, you see us, you know, give us a fist bump, say what's up. Uh, Max, how you feeling? You feeling good? How's that nine day cleanse going? <laughs> it's not going great. I'll be honest. <laughs> I'm like, today's the day. Every day is like, today's the day when the cleanse starts to happen. So I think today's the day. Where I'm really going to get seri- serious about okay, it. Okay, so now it's like, it, I like that the days just, it goes from a nine-day cleanse to like a five-day <laughs> cleanse. Day it just cleanse. keeps going down But sometimes down if you've been healthy yeah. for like a day and a half, you're like, I'm invincible. Do you know what I mean? Like if, if, if I feel like if I didn't eat food past 8 p.m. the previous night and I wake up the next day, I'm like, I'm feeling lean. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like that's all it takes. Um but uh, yeah, we we had a, we've had a very uh, busy week. Um, we just shot a music video yesterday um, with Mark Myers, and we we kind of forced Mark into doing this music video. Uh, he was he's been on vacation for the last couple of weeks, and we're like, Mark, no, no, you're doing it. Let's do it. And he's like, oh, but I'm kind of on vacation. I'm like, come home, just come home, and don't work tomorrow, and we're doing it. Um, so I get my question for you, Shane. Does Mark has Mark talked to you at all about what it's like to work with me? Like since you haven't been in the picture, yeah. Has he, does he does he ever confide yeah, he, in you? No, what does he, he, he loves to do the Arkells videos. He just likes it better when all the ideas are his. And Mark's like that with with anything. Mm. He just wants the vision to be his because the carrot of knowing he came up with the idea really pushes him and drives him. He's a writer, Max. So, so yeah, as a writer director, a lot of the juice for him comes from the being the, the the generator of the idea. So, do you think uh, that I'm stealing too many of the ideas, or like uh, I'm too domineering when it comes to those creative conversations with Mark? Who came up with the latest idea? You or Mark? Listen, it's not my fault that the guy's on vacation with his family in Florida and <laughs> California. Dude was checked out. He knew we had to make a music video. If he had been around and cared then he could have come up with the concept. But uh, he, he he wasn't around. And old Maxi boy, you know, he put up his hand. Okay. Well, so can, are you allowed yeah. to say what the idea is? Hit us with it, Max. <laughs> no. Give us the elevator pitch. No, no. I mean, it's, it's just a performance video with some cool visual effects, and Mark will edit the fuck out of it, and it'll be fun. It'll, it's, it's, it's a very, like, in, compared to other more ambitious uh, ideas, um, mm-hmm. This is like a pretty simple video, but you know, it's a good question. Like we talked about this a lot, like what what the state of music videos are, because obviously like back in the day, it was super important marketing tool. Cause if you had a a music video and you spent real money on it and it looked awesome and it got on television, that could make a big impression on where people were finding music. Now it's just like, do you want to spend a huge arm and a leg on a music video? Sometimes the correlation between something that costs a lot Versus something that was done super cheap and quick and like the success of the views on uh, on YouTube is sort of undefined as well. So, you know, you, you just even, you, you know, you're on TikTok all the time, Shane. It's just yeah. like, you know, what pops off on the internet is, is a bit of a mystery sometimes. So it's like, it's more important. And the, and the song that we're putting out, like, it's a great song. We're very excited about it, but it's not uh, like a radio single. So... It's just like, okay, we want some visual thing to sort of, um, 
represent the energy of the song, but are we going to like spend a mountain of money and amount of time on, on a treatment? Like probably not. I don't know, but I think it's going to turn out awesome. What, what your thoughts, boys? I, I would just wanted to know, have you noticed a dip in views since I stopped directing with Mark or have they remained <laughs> the same? <laughs> There's a clear line, like you can pull out a chart and yeah. see the red line going down across the, the months and days. Yeah. We'll have to do a scientific poll. But I mean, keep in mind, your videos have been around a lot longer. So, so you've had a chance to compile mm-hmm. more, more time, right? Yes. And more views that way. And I, I go for the more radio-friendly songs, as you uh, call them. The hits, as That's I call right. them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> off the top of your head, Max, do you know what your most watched video is? Uh, I mean, knock at the door is probably up there. Leather jacket's probably up there. Um, mm. Yeah. Uh, but it's actually kind of interesting that the no frills video uh, that we just shot, which is our most recent video, has like more views than All Roads, which came out a couple months before, and a bunch of other videos. Like the views, uh, it's all modest stuff, but on YouTube are, are pretty impressive for us. And. And I, and that video took four hours and it was just Mark and his camera. There was no lighting guy. There was no catering. It wasn't a two day shoot or whatever. It was just like sick video. We're in a grocery store. It has some cool like fisheye and other kind of, uh, jumpy visual effects. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. Or maybe just the song is great. Or maybe, I don't know. Like, I'm not sure exactly what, what would be the reason for that. All roads was more of an artistic video too. So sometimes those views count more even though they're less because you're getting that artsy crowd which is so important totally. to impress well, it's it's true it's, it's speaking of uh artsy uh videos guys i saw suicide squad uh mm, two nights ago good segue yeah nice right? well also a fun also a hilarious segue because for our <laughs> listeners a little peek behind the curtain max threw into the pod group hey guys i saw suicide squad so if you want to see it tonight we can talk about it on the pod tomorrow like, Shaney, I don't know what you're thinking. I know no, you're I at a cottage, but I literally look at this message at like six o'clock at night. I'm like, about to go into bedtime routine. I'm like, is this guy fucking crazy? I'm like, you can just pop out and see I know, Suicide Squad. I was just doing it for the No, dad, it's hilarious. Because I by know the way, you, you couldn't possibly see it. You know, you know, like pre-kid, I would have immediately just jumped over I know, the I know, I know, that's why I was fucking alone. with you. Because yeah. <laughs> I know old Mikey would have been like, Dan, I'm going to the movies. I got to see it. I'm talking about on the pod tomorrow. I'm going up to Scotia Bank. I'm walking up John Street. Oh, I used to love that. Shaney. I'm assuming you haven't seen it. And do you have any interest in seeing Suicide Squad? No, I know the first one wasn't received too well. That uh, is this was this one good? Is this the one with Pete Davidson? Yeah, he's in it briefly. Uh, So quick spoiler alert. If anybody wants to see this, I'm going to talk about it just for a minute here. Um, (laughs) I didn't see the first one. And do am I going to spoil it for you guys if I talk about it right now? Mike cares about this. So you ask him. I don't give a shit. Yeah, Mike, are you a Suicide Squad fan? I've never seen the first one and I have no plans to see the second one. So, so Okay, so then no. I'll talk about it for okay. a second. So my take on these sort of, you know, comic book superhero movies is that like I don't give a shit about the comic book <laughs> universe at all, but I like star power. I like big productions. I love going to the movies. So when people are like, Max, I'm surprised you saw that movie. I'm like, no, no, I like, I'll, I'll go to every superhero movie because like, why not? It's something to do. I found this movie to be so difficult to watch, I didn't know that there was any real redeeming qualities about it. It was a very disgusting movie. And like, I don't mind like gory violence. Like I'll get into a Quentin Tarantino movie with like weird, uh, ridiculous deaths and like killings and stuff like that, all good. But it's just like, 
Every, there, there, there's a lot of rats involved. There was a disgusting shark. There was there was like um, this the starfish takes over people's Someone faces. Someone smoked a joint and, at one point, and you almost laughed. <laughs> disgusting. My word. I didn't. I, the the jokes I didn't think were that funny. Um, my, I watched it with book club Maddie, and at, at, towards the end. They're, of course, trying to break into a place because there's a drive that they need. And he leans over. He's like, Does, isn't it funny that you could just come to the end of any one of these movies? And there's always a drive. And they always need to get the drive. And they always need to break into a place to get the hard drive. because yeah, you got to crash drive the mainframe can... first, though. <laughs> yeah, come on. What are we going to do for two hours if they don't uh, have all these obstacles? And I was just like, every part of the movie is so fucking abrasive, predictable. Also, you, like the storyline itself wasn't that interesting. It was just like, what? Like, it was hard to follow. Um, you didn't, there's so many stars in it, but you didn't get a chance to hang with the stars. Mm-hmm. In Harley Quinn, I actually kind of liked that movie because like you really got to know Margot Robbie's character. She's in this. John Cena's in this. Um, who's the other guy? Alexander Scars? No, not Scars. Um, Joel Kinnaman. He's in it. All these great guys, but you don't get to spend any real time with any of them. Um, and so anyway, at the end of the movie, I look over to manager Ash and Matt book club, Maddie, who we went with, I'm like, that was brutal. I, I did not enjoy that at all. And just the way you said that was awesome. Brutal. And then wickedly talented. John Travolta introducing that woman's name that he couldn't say. It's just it was a super catchy yeah. way he said wickedly, and you yeah. did that with brutal just there. Uh, actually, I think I'm ripping that off of Durs from this is important podcast. But um, anyway, I look it up because I know the first movie was panned, as you said. Like nobody seemed to like the first Suicide Squad. Ninety two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It is. I was like, what the fuck am I? What is, what's wrong with me? Like, has this ever happened to you guys where you guys saw a movie that everybody seemed to like and that you're like, am I like, am I crazy? Am I out to lunch here? Did, what were Ash and Book Club Maddie's thoughts? They agreed. They're like, that was not great. You know, it's, it's funny. We've had this conversation before about the Rotten Tomatoes aggregator. That's what you talk about when you say 92%, essentially. And I've had the experience where a movie's been like sitting at, say, like 95%. And so you go, oh, that movie's, that's a, that's a, it's like a can't miss, no brainer. And then you see it and you go, it was good. It was fine. And then what you realize is enough people gave it a, it was good review that made it seem like it was like a stellar movie. You know what I'm mm. saying? Like nobody disliked a movie enough to give it a bad review. So then it gets up on the 90 percentile. It doesn't mean it's some excellent movie. It just means enough people didn't think it was a bad movie. Uh, so I found that correlation happen sometimes with the percentages. But the guy that directed this movie, James Gunn, he did the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, which mm. I do like. And I'm not, I'm also, I'm very much like you. Are those I'm disgusting, not, those movies? Are they no, like No, not at all. They're, a... they're like charming. Chris Pratt's really funny. There's like a lot of kind of. See, I like that. Yeah. I like that kind of stuff. Yeah. But uh, that's, I, you know what? I will say this. Your review, Max, means I probably will never see this film now. Whereas I probably would have mm. gave it, you know, 45 minutes when it came on the movie network or something. I kind of want you to things. though, honestly, because I, because, and maybe it's just like max sensitivities stuff that, uh, that re- really just like happened to sort of hit on all the things I don't like. And maybe I just like for somebody to go, no, no, max, that's just a you thing. Most people actually kind of enjoy this thing. But if, because if you were to tell me, listen, Max, the story is actually kind of interesting if you were paying a little more attention and the writing is actually super clever and they actually do these cinematic things that are great and the performances are unique for these actors and whatever. If you were to give me that review, I'd be like, okay, cool. I'm the idiot. But just my visceral reaction was, was that. So I also haven't been back to a movie theater since the pandemic started. And so now oh, it's become Mike. this. Oh, I know, God. I know. 
It's become this thing now, the way that Shane was waiting to reintroduce himself back into society. Mm -hmm. I feel this way about my first movie back. I want it to be the right. It's almost like my first time. I now want it to be special. I'm like, is it going to be like a visual extravaganza? Is it going to be like a cool indie? I'm like, what is my first time back at the theater going to be? And it's become more heavy as time has gone on because I almost just sort of did it out of nowhere and just went and saw like Black Widow or or I was going to go see, you know, there's a couple movies out where I was like, I'll just go see that. I was going to go see the M. Night Shyamalan movie old. I was like, I'll just go, I'll just go break the seal and I'll go to a movie and then it will be done. But the longer it's gone now, I'm like, no, I kind of want it to be special. So like there's this movie, the green Knight out, which is like like the, the King Arthur thing. But it looks really cool and weird and like visual. And I'm like, that is that the A24 film. I don't know who did it, but it's with, um, Oh, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, yeah, thank you. That, 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 that movie's going to be awesome. That director's wicked. Oh, so this is Shane. That make that that makes me feel good because that I think is going to be the one I'm breaking the seal on. I've I've got it sort Do of. Do it. I'm dying to see that movie. Well, when you get back to town, Shane, should we go see a movie for the first time together in a theater? Hundred percent, eighty-eight percent Rotten Tomatoes. That's good. Not too high, not too low. <laughs> Mike, he did a ghost story, eh? This director. Oh, get the fuck out! Yeah. Wow. This guy's oh, really I love good. That movie. movie. You and McGregor? No, it was. It was, What's uh, her name? Um, the from the Dragon Tattoo. Rooney Mara. Name? Yes. Oh, Ghost Writer is what I'm thinking. Of, <laughs> <which> <laughs> Ghost Writer Writer was a TV show, and Ghost Writer was a Nick Cage movie. Okay, maybe what the fuck am I thinking about? I don't know. Yeah. Either way, so Max, uh, Suicide Squad, uh, give it out of five stars. Oh, one. Wow. Honestly. I like that. Yeah. This is a polarizing review because our good friend John Popolis, uh, he said that his like breaking the seal movie for the theaters was going to be the Suicide Squad movie. So I'm very well, interested in what his it. thoughts are. Yeah. I would be actually. I'd love if John had a completely different opinion on, and then he came on the pod next week and was like, "Max, this is why you're stupid." Mikey, anything to report on your end? Uh, any, any any story times that you you care to share? Anything uh, I've missed in Hamilton. If not, that's okay. We can keep it rolling. But just want yeah, to no, throw it at you. I mean, I mean, you know, it's funny. I was talking to someone the other day that you, you know, what's really stuck with me these last couple of weeks is you asked me uh, on the pod, Max. I think you asked us both, like, "Hey, what'd you guys do this weekend?" And I literally froze. I could not either remember what I did. And I was like, well, and I made a joke about how the days happened in sequence. But what happened was I've been thinking about the fact that I didn't have anything remarkable to say. And I don't know how I feel about Mm. it. So when you ask what's been Uh. going on, I mean, lots has been going on, but it's a lot of sort of like, like, I don't, I don't know how exciting it is to pod. I don't know how exciting it is. You know what I mean? It's like, like in our old life, it's like we would come on here and talk about going to a Raptors game and then hanging at real sports all night. Like there was things going on. And I know we're very deep into the pandemic and we're sort of all coming out of this, this lull. But yeah, I feel like life just moves at a different pace. So do I have stories to tell? Sure. But are they that interesting? No. We can get right to the topics, guys. Okay. Give me, uh, just because we've, talk, we've texted about this, give me uh, th- two minutes on the Raptors. You're, 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 how you're feeling about the Goran Dragic thing. Oh. Um, oh. Okay. Quickly. Okay. Okay. So what happened for, for, for listeners is we, we traded Kyle Lowry, as everyone knows. We got this guy, Goran Dragic, back, uh, who is like, you know, a 35-year-old sort of Slovenian legend. He's, he still can play. He's very good. He makes $19 million this year. And the idea was we were going to flip him to another team for more assets. Makes sense. We're going younger. We have a core. Don't know how much Goran factors in. Goran Dragic went on Slovenian TV and basically said, uh, Toronto's not my preferred destination or preferred team. I have higher ambitions. Uh 
I can't remember the exact wording, but it was something along those lines that was wildly insulting to the Toronto fan base. This, this city too, Toronto, is very sensitive about players wanting to play here. When we traded Vince, we got this player back named Alonzo Mourning. He refused to play for us, so we bought him out. We just gave him $11 million to go home, which is insane and embarrassing for the franchise. So we kind of have this, this and this has happened with other players like who I could name, uh, Kenny Anderson. Why did they one. possibly do that? Like, Why didn't they just say, hey, listen, you got to show up. If you don't show up, then... Like, was there some salary cap no, thing that made no. it more appealing? It's been a point of contention literally for like years. The guy that made the deal was, our GM at the time was a guy named Rob Babcock, who has since passed away. Uh, and he essentially, I think he just thought it'll be a good look for our franchise if we make this player happy and make the agent happy. And he doesn't want to be here and we get it. You know what? So we gave him his full $11 million and he went and he won a championship in Miami. It was so crazy at the time. And it's something that like weak franchises do like with the idea that, oh, players will see this and they'll want to play here because they see, see that we're nice. And it's just like, yo, we've won a championship. Like we're one of the best organizations in the league. So when this dragage thing happened, you know, with Goran, I was just like so mad. You guys saw, you guys are both in the basketball group. I like, I ranted because uh, I was like, you know, tell him to stay home. We're not going to pay him a dime. We're not buying him out. You know, all this stuff. It, it really put my Monday on tilt when uh, Goran made this request. <laughs> So anyway, then later that night, he sees that Twitter goes insane. His agent probably called him like, what are you doing? Like now it makes it harder for Masai to trade you because all the other 29 teams know that you want out and you're going to, it's uncomfortable for the, you know, the guys that are on the team, Fred Van Vliet, Pascal, like, do they want to play with this guy now that he's basically said that they're not, you know, up to the standards that he, he's hoping for? Like, it's crazy. Anyway, Michael Grange, reporter for, for, for the, uh, for Toronto, he's a beat reporter for the, the Raptors. He got Dragic on the phone from Slovenia, and basically he he had a huge mea culpa where he was like, "I'm I'm sorry, it came out all wrong." He's like, "Toronto's one of the best organizations in the league. You guys have won a championship. I haven't. Uh, I misspoke. All the like the sort of stuff you want to say." And then there was a larger article with the full quotes. And in classic Mike Veerman fashion, I was like super hot for like two hours. And the minute I saw the apology, I was like, this guy ain't so bad. Welcome to Toronto, Goran. I was like, totally fucking changed my mind. So it's, it's been a roller coaster. And, and that doesn't even get into the, um, you know, the, the whole, all the stuff's going on with the rookies in summer league. But essentially, I'm happy the basketball is back. Uh, but more importantly, what do you guys think about this perception and the sort of sensitivities for Toronto fans that like, like, Listen, for 25 teams in the NBA, like players probably would not prefer to play there. Like if you're in like Minnesota, Indiana, Portland, uh, I can name a bunch, even even cities like Boston or Chicago that gets cold. You know what I mean? It's like people basically want to play in the LA teams or in the Florida teams because there's no tax or the Texas teams because there's no tax. So it's like, okay, those Mm -hmm. teams are desirable. So I think we take it so personally because we think it's a Canada thing. I think it's more just a cold weather thing. Like New York's like the only exempt city from this and sometimes Chicago when they're good. But it's like, it's like a lot of teams don't get free agents. Do you think, uh, and I'll start with you, Shane, that we're being too sensitive as a fan base and as Canadians? I don't know. It's hard to say because I don't think he would have actually said that if he was talking to a Toronto reporter. I think because he was talking to Slovenia people and he was using, <laughs> he was speaking, that's what they're called, right? And he was speaking Slovenian. He thought he's safe. And he forgot about the internet. He's 35. He remembers a time when he used to be able to talk to the Slovenian reporters and not get in trouble. But, like, you know, let's say we were basketball players and we got traded to Slovenia. Second I'm on Slovenian TV, I'm like, I love this country. I'm so glad to be here. I can't wait to play. Then we talk on the pod about it. I'm like, guys, I'm scared. I don't really know Slovenian. I've never been here. I I think this could be shit. 
<laughs> then they played the pod recording over in Slovenia. I'm like, shit, they listen to Mike on much? Oh, one asshole quoting me in the Slovenian paper, and now I'm fucked. That's what I think happened, right? He was just giving his knee-jerk reaction after being traded, and it's a big change for him, and he's unsure how it's going to be in a different country. Like, obviously, with Miami, uh, he was comfortable there, and I think he really was uh, had a good kinship with Jimmy Butler, and now he's older on a team that's probably not going to win a championship and he's just saying basically i want to win and i don't think this team to win is going to win which is truthful right like i don't think anyone in toronto feels like this is going to be their championship season so in a way i really respected his honesty and even in his apology which our friend mike m pointed out which was funny it was just saying hey i'm a professional and i'm going to play here even though i don't want to yeah. Like he was still saying, hey, I'm just I don't want to be here still, but I'm going to be professional. Ask anyone. I'll still play hard. And, and, and just to clarify, I actually do respect his truthfulness, too. And I don't think he said mm-hmm. anything nobody knew or nobody didn't know. The issue is Masai is already trying to trade him. And I think he made Masai's job harder because then the other teams that might have made a decent offer before the season started are kind of like, oh, this is going to get uncomfortable with Goran. I'm, I'm not saying anything. They might buy him out. It just, it just it muddied the waters. He should have just been quiet and, and hoped it worked oh, out. For Even for, from a business standpoint, it screwed himself over too because now people know he's thirsty to leave, which yeah. doesn't put you in a good uh, bargaining position. Yeah, he won't be doing any Osmos commercials. I know that. We're not going to be seeing Goran at <laughs> yeah. getting a fucking shawarma uh, tossed his way. Uh, Maxi, what are your thoughts on the sensitivities of Toronto fans and Canadians when it comes to the sports, the big sports? Yeah, no, I, I get it because we're, we're like devoted basketball fans up here. And when we you know a player that is attractive does, doesn't want to be here, it, it definitely hurts. You, you take it personally. What I would like to see, though, uh, is so if they do trade him, let's say, in the next couple of weeks, you know how normally, even with the most like 12th or 13th man on the roster, they send like a, a, a big Instagram post out where it's like, thank you, whoever, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. all the best. I want it just to be like a hit the road, Goran. <laughs> like a, <laughs> Peace out. I just want like, yeah, I want something like kind of petty. It's like, we didn't like you anyway. <laughs> see you later at Goran Skills or whatever the fuck his Instagram name is. That's what I like yeah. to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> How do you think you would react, Max, if you were in a situation where, let's say, whatever the North Korean version of the Budweiser stage is, you had to play there, <laughs> you do a press conference, they're asking you how you're feeling about it. Are you honest or do you just placate them? Great question. Um, how do you how do you respond to a shitty gig? Um, well, Mike, I be mean, careful. Oh, my bad. Yes. No, we have a large North Korean <laughs> listenership. I think we get through the, uh, you know what happened the, to Seth Rogen block. In the interview and all that. <laughs> uh, I mean, here's the thing. I, I think with, um, just with professional athletes, specifically in the NBA that are making so much money, it's just like, bro, it's like just, I know you're used to a certain level of like lifestyle in Miami or Phoenix or you, know, you like warm climates, but at the end of the day, like, what are we, what were we going to pay Goran? Like 19 million. million. He's on the hook. 19 million dollars a year. Season. So it's like, I get it, but buddy, you're going to be here from fucking, you know, September to April. Like it's, it's like nine months of your life. You're not even going to be there half the time. You won't make the fucking all-star team. You can go on vacation. It's like, it's, it's not, it's not a huge <laughs> ask, right? Like just, just suck it up. I mean, it's one thing for like somebody who works for like an insurance company to be like, oh God, I have to do another business trip 
to Slovenia. Fuck, I hate that. You know, like I get it's like they're only paying me $65,000 a year or whatever. It's like I get when people complain about that stuff, but it's just like I don't feel that bad. like I think professional athletes could do a little bit better of a job of like just going. And, and if he hmm, yeah, I if if he then did say I want to win a championship. That seems to get people out of it, though. Athletes, if when when an athlete goes, I will take less money to win a championship. I don't want to be here because I'm at the end of my career. That that is interesting, or or I have a little more sympathy for that because he only has a certain amount of years left in his career. But um, yeah, I don't love him taking all that money and, and complaining about it. Okay, I got a final sort of question about perception and the way that people perceive Toronto sort of in the in the NBA. You know, we made Drake an ambassador, whatever it was, five years ago or something like that. We had this big name guy named Tim Laiwiki come in. He hires Masai. Masai himself is a rock star. He's staying as well. That's big news that happened. So we, we, we have Drake, we have Masai, and the idea is that and Toronto is a cool place. You know what I mean? Like Drake, I think, has done a very good job at making Toronto. Drake needs like to a release spot. a diss track on Goran. Get him out. <laughs> um, and, and, and my question is, do you think, though, like with the way that Drake has sort of made Toronto sort of a popular spot in pop culture, I think, like through his music and through his presence, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He has, I think, single-handedly made the Raptors more relevant than they ever would have been with his affiliation, especially when he came on as the ambassador. Like the team wasn't that good. Like he, they had more to gain from partnering with him than he had to gain from partnering with them and then they exploded and it kind of ended up being this good mutually beneficial thing my question is after all this time we've it's been like seven years sort of a playoff runs and a championship and all that stuff did any of it move the needle on the way that nba players perceive coming to live and play in toronto or is it just a spot they like to visit because it's got some great spots to party uh, and then they get out and go back to wherever they're playing like did it change things or are we in the same spot that we were when vince played here well, I think we were probably considered the biggest joke in the league when Vince was playing here. And now I think after you win a championship, it has to change perceptions, right? But I think people still think we're not the coolest team in the league, but definitely we're closer to the bottom middle section than we are the very bottom. <laughs> maybe, maybe this whole controversy is just that like Goran doesn't give a fuck about Drake. You know, I think most of the That's guys what in the it league is. do care about Drake. If you're a white Slovenian dude, you just don't care about Drake. But I think for a lot of the rest of the guys in the league, who's it's like big and po- with white Slovenians though? And do you know? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. But uh, well, two things. One, I do think that like there's more Canadians in the league than ever, and like from GTA. So I think they're repping Toronto in a cool way. Drake is a meaningful thing. Masai is a meaningful thing. Um, and here's my, here, here's my, uh, prediction. If, if I was a betting man, I'm, I'd put it on that. You know how, like, when Kawhi came here, he didn't say what Goran said, but it was sort of implied that he, like, Toronto wasn't his first thing. And then he ended up playing really hard and he was really good. I think Goran is going to stay and I think he's going to be really good. And then by, like, March, Mike's going to be like, Goran's our guy. Our starting five is, who would be our starting five? It would be, um, I think it'd be Goran, Freddie in the backcourt, Pascal. If Mike's already around. like that. OG. OG yeah, I, I like Goran. And I think that he's going to be very valuable for us. Like, I, I do. Like, I, he's, a, he's still a really, really productive player. I just think that what he said, it, it dusted up all of this sort of like 
these weird feelings that people have. And it gave another little like bullet in like the chamber of the talking heads on ESPN to be like, see, nobody wants to play in Toronto. Kawhi didn't stay. Serge didn't stay. Mark didn't stay. You know, Vince, Vince wanted out. T-Mac wanted out. Even Goran Dragic didn't want to play in Toronto. It just, so it kind of, for Toronto fans, it's kind of like, ah, shit, we're still dealing with this in like 2021, two years removed from a championship. That being said, I'm excited for this year's squad. I'm excited for every year's squad. I, I bitch mm-hmm. and then I come around on opening night. This is my this is my cycle, man. Do we think this is a Toronto issue or an age issue? And Gorn realizes he's running out of time to win a championship. Agree. I think it is that. I think it's that. And, and, and the Raptors GM basically alluded to that. He's like, listen, because they asked him about it yesterday on a radio station. This is before the apology. And he said, listen, it was translated. He's like, so I'd like to talk to him directly because he indicated he was excited to be here. He's like, but like, listen, he's not saying anything crazy. He's 35 years old. He's at the back end of his career. Of course, he probably wants to be on a contending team. We're a younger team right now. Uh, so, so I do, th- I actually don't think this, this is overall, I don't think Goran Dragic's situation is a Toronto centric one. I think it's, I think it's a situational one for him, but it just, it goes into the bucket of all the other things without the nuance. It just looks like another trade request out of Toronto. Um, when I think that the circumstances actually are different and he would clarify in the longer article, he's been in Miami for seven years. He's got two small kids in school. He's got to put them mm. into a school only to get traded in like December. So it's like, he's trying to figure out his life as well. So it's like, if he say that the trade happens preseason, like say he goes to the Mavs or he wants to go play with Luca, his countryman, it's like, then he can put his kids in school for the, for the fall in Dallas. I, I get it. You know, mm. anyway, if he ends up in an Osmos commercial, Max, will you ever <laughs> dine there again? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Harsh. All right, let's hit some topics, guys. Yeah, we have about 10 minutes left in this podcast. <laughs> I, I should be out of here by in like 15 minutes, 10, 15. Goodness what? gracious, what? Maxi. What? What? Max, what? you we realize went we went half an hour earlier than we were supposed to go today. I know, but so I if have this pod 11, started at 11, it would have been a 10 minute podcast. Is that what you're <laughs> suggesting? <laughs> I said to be out of here for 1130. That's all. Okay. Yeah. Let's do the next topic. Good. Cause I don't really have a Shane surprise anyway. That's <laughs> surprise. Uh, yeah, there you um, go. All right. And, and if our listeners are sitting there going, guys, you've been putting out 45 minute pods. We're used to an hour. I can't even get my workout in. Just know that Max has been busy. So they've been a little tighter, a little, a little mm-hmm. quicker than, than recently, but maybe after the bud stage shows, we'll get back to an hour. Okay. Oh, and you know, 15 to 20 minutes. Let's mm-hmm. just keep talking. Let's yeah, yeah let's, let's keep go. going. Um, yeah. How is, like, what are you doing this week? I'm very curious. Like, you always say you're doing stuff. Is it uh, choreographing <laughs> dance routines? Are you hawking <laughs> tickets on radio stations? What's going on right now? Um, well, yesterday we, we had a very busy day. We were... We were doing like um, a feature in the Toronto Star. That thing's coming out later this week. So we had an interview with the writer. We and we were showing him the new album. Uh, we had to go to Budweiser stage to shoot some promotional stuff. Then we had to go film a music video. So from so basically from like nine thirty a.m. to midnight last night, we were like on the whole time. Uh, this morning, doing this pod with you, got a call with my guy, Nick, and uh, the manager of Odds, the co-owner of Odds. We were having a little Odds restaurant meeting. Uh, and then I actually got to go through the phone lines, because we opened this request line that people can call in and request a song. I saw this shows. on uh, on social media. Tell people the number. If they're listening to this pod, they can call uh, the number. What is the number? It's uh, Yeah, so if you're a fan of the band, I could sh- the number you can call in and request a song is one eight eight. 
And uh, it's been cool. We've been listening to a lot of messages. It's like, and I will post some of them because obviously we're not we're not gonna be able to play them all at the show. But um, there's this one guy who left a really funny message. We asked people to keep it under thirty seconds, um, and his minute his message was like a minute and a half. And he requested the song. Never thought this would happen, and then told this really long winded story about how he was playing on his like college, like um, rec league hockey team. And how his team won a game 9-8 against a team they never thought they were going to win. And the story goes on and on and on. And then, like, that was the song they played in the in the dressing room after they won because they never thought that they'd beat this other team. <laughs> like, <it's> very, <laughs> um, I like the idea of, like, the song playing all these hockey bros. And then it's like, you know, sometimes you make out with an old friend. And then, like, two <laughs> hockey players are getting closer and closer as they're celebrating this championship. And just this beautiful moment. Yeah, but there's some really heartfelt stuff too. It's like people are sharing some really. Uh, Will you play the song in honor of these hockey bros? <laughs> <laughs> from from the like the New Brunswick pickup men's league in, yeah. in, in 2011 that it. that won like a you know quarterfinal <laughs> intramural hockey game. Yeah, I think they should be honored. They should be recognized. Well, so it doesn't have to be the Stanley Cup Finals to be an important moment, Max. Facts, <laughs> preach. Come on. Yeah. Uh, have you, has but, uh, there been any uh, requests that you didn't anticipate? Like, shit, that's a deep cut. That's like, we did that one in college. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, there's a few. I mean, a lot of the old stuff. And like, uh, or the, your brother's favorite track, Systematic, which is off uh, High <laughs> He does noon. love that He's one, a, yeah. Some, yeah, someone on that one. Uh, Shane, do you got any requests? Anything you need to hear? I was going to say I never thought that this would happen. And I'm not even just saying that <laughs> to align with the really? hockey bros. But that is my probably my favorite song. Um, is there any songs when you hear on the request line, are you just like, shut up? Like when you hear someone say 1111, you're like, of course I'm going to play that. Yeah. Like it's a hit, <laughs> you know, like let's not say hits. Let's say songs that you think we're probably not going to play. Is that the goal? Um, no, I mean, what I, what we're kind of looking for is if there's like an angle to why the song is particularly important to them. So mm-hmm. if there's something that's like pretty sweet, then we'll gravitate to that. If it's a pretty sort of like mundane thing, then they're probably not going to. Will that. you? Will you do Boss all three nights? This is like your original hit. Oh, interesting. I maybe only one night. See, because sometimes you guys drop it, and I feel like for old school fans, that's like that's their their gateway drug for Arkells. I know, and I and it's not even. We, there's whole tours that we haven't even played it lately, which which I kind of enjoy. I kind of I'm kind of proud of that. That the 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 song that sort of helped break us. Isn't even on the set list anymore because we got too many other songs. What so, pisses like people off the most if you don't play? Oh, like, good what question. What would cause just anarchy? Uh, well, you know, it's funny. We played a show in Chicago. It was a good show. This would have been like, I don't know, four years ago. Um, and it was an awesome show. People seemed to be really happy afterwards. I was like talking to fans outside and people just being very friendly and stuff. And then it kind of hit me. I was like, wait a second. Oh, no. And then somebody was like, Hey, awesome show. Great time. Um, why didn't you guys play Leather Jacket? I was like, holy shit. <laughs> and that was the only time we haven't played Leather Jacket, like since Leather Jacket came out. And I was like, yeah, it was, I was very like stunned and shook. Uh, and it was just an accident. Like I just forgot to write it down on the set list. You guys, uh, you don't, John Lennon doesn't get into a lot of set lists, I feel like. I know. I know. We'll probably do it one night. One night, he'll get some John Lennon. Yeah. Um, hmm, anything else, Shaney, that you so I never thought this happened. That, that one you want to hear. Yeah. Mike, any requests? Anything? Yeah. You could hear? you play it on Sunday night? Sunday, <laughs> yeah. The yeah, night Shane's maybe. there. Possibly. What? Okay. I'll you, do it. You, it's for a friend. 
Okay, well, Shane, give <laughs> okay. us the story. This is the hotline, Shane. Tell Max why he should play. Yeah, Sean, should yeah, happen yeah, on yeah, Sunday Shane, night. Well, here's the thing. I can't tell the story until it happens because something I never thought would happen is a friend playing a song that I request on such a massive <laughs> stage such as Budweiser stage. So after the show, I'm going to be like, I can't believe that just happened. He did that for me. Yeah. So the story it's is yet to be meta. written, really. Yeah. What about you, Mike? What do you want? Boss is coming? Yeah, I, I like I like Boss. I, I do like John Lennon uh, just because it, it reminds me of like when we first started hanging out, Max. Like I, like when we would like play, we do shows with you and stuff. Like that sh- mm. That song was still... You might even be coming out of the song at that point, but I like yeah, that yeah. song because the line about your piss barely hitting the stall. I picture Snooty Fox. I have no idea if that's yeah. where that. No, that that's happens. where it is. That, that, that's where the song takes place. Snooty Fox and Westdale. It's a very visual, like um, sort of like like mm-hmm. I picture Snooty. I picture drinking at Snooty. It just feels yeah. like a very of a time and of a place that reminds me a lot of like Hamilton around that time and Westdale yeah. and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Um, I always thought that lyric was about guys with smaller dinkies and they <laughs> they can't reach the stall. <laughs> so so what is the thing about snooty though like i don't get it well the song kind of takes place uh at snooty fox like like the whole scene is there so it's just kind of about getting drunk and like seeing a girl that uh i had a crush on and she went away to europe and i hadn't seen her the whole summer this was like in going to third or fourth year and she came back and i was like very excited to see her she did not like me in particular um and she was telling me about her trip and she was like oh my god the craziest thing happened wherever we went in europe whether we were in spain or england or france the song this one song kept following us around it was the craziest thing i was like oh cool and i was thinking she'd mention some like cool hipster song i was like what was the song she's like it was Hey Jude by the Beatles or something. <laughs> I was like, yo, you mean the most popular song of all time? You heard it in different countries? Okay. Um, and um, yeah, the second verse is about uh, going after leaving Snooty Fox and going to our friend Aaron Goldstein's house, which was around the corner and jamming in the basement until like three in the morning. So uh, just playing music with your friends. So, all right. Let's, uh, you know what? You know what? Now you got, now I want to hear it. And I love that line in the song where you're like, oh, this song follows me everywhere. And then you say, yeah, no shit. It's by the Beatles, which is a great. Yeah. yeah. But, but uh, just piss in the stall. Like, sorry, Mike. I, I just no want to get to the piss in the stall. <laughs> oh, I love it. The hard hitting question. Well, yeah, I don't. I think any any dinky size could miss the stall if you're drunk. Enough. <laughs> it's that he was so Snooty drunk. Is, OK, no, he, he his aims off. He's so drunk. He's missing the stall. He's going left to the right. Like he's not he can't even get it lined up. Right? That's the bit. That That's the idea. You're so oh. hammered. You're pissing like on your shoes, on the wall, all that stuff. Mm. So a bigger one might actually be harder to get the aim right. <laughs> <laughs> also, another uh, lyrical moment of that song I just remembered is, so I remember, so I was talking to Nick, our bassist, about this girl. And I was like, you know, you know, when you have a crush, you're kind of like talking about like, you know, why this person is attractive to you and oh, yeah. what makes them interesting. And you just have like sort of endless conversations with your friend as you're like walking around or whatever. Um, but I, there, she said something to me that she was like, I, she told me that she wanted to write a memoir. She was like, I want to write a memoir about my life. And then, but he's like, this girl was like on the McMaster soccer team. She came from two loving parents. Her dad's like a banker. She grew up with like every possible thing. And like, like a pamphlet. (laughs) Anyway. It's been good. Yeah, that's the memoir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so so weird. I was kind of having a laugh about this with Nick. I was like, that's kind of funny. And that she wants to write this memoir. And then Nick goes, oh, she should get uh, Frank McCourt to write the foreword. 
which is a very funny line because Shane, uh, Frank McCourt wrote a memoir called Angela's Ashes, which is famously the most depressing memoir about his life growing up in poor Ireland. So basically, if you Angela's Ashes is about this kid. Why are you singling me out, Max? Well, it's well, a film. I know Shane probably remembers the film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and and basically, he's he's like poor. His mom keeps having babies; they keep dying. His dad keeps on drinking away the dole, like the, the money that the government hands out. And it's just like a famously like very sad, depressing memoir. So mm-hmm. I thought that was a very funny Nick line. He just that was off the cuff. He's like, "Oh, she should get Frank McCourt to write the forward to that book of hers," um, which is funny. And that that's obviously uh, here's the thought: get Frank McCourt to write the forward. So shouts to Nick on that quip that made the song. Well, I mean, now I have to request you play it on Sunday. I want to hear John Lennon Sunday. on Sunday. Okay. Yeah, I'm work- actually that's the other thing I'm doing. So after we we uh, get off this the Zoom, uh, I have some some digging in. The set list is like probably you know ninety three percent there for each night, but there's still some uh, finessing to do. So some wiggle yeah. room. And covers. You guys gonna throw some covers in? You know your covers yet? You must be yeah, rehearsing. Yeah, we know yeah, yeah, we know the covers. Yeah. Uh but though the, this this uh woman who's now a mom and a and uh a wife, uh she she knows the songs about her. And I think she's still kind of flattered by it, even though I'm kind of insulting her. But yeah, I'm kind of insulting her because I have a crush. Are we still talking about John Lennon? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was gonna be my question. Does mm. the girl know that this song exists and that it's essentially yeah, about her? Yeah, she she knows. She definitely knows. And did you guys yeah. ever date or was it all like it never worked out? I think we hung out a few We might have made out a couple times, mm-hmm. but I don't think she was that interested. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, her, her husband, though, I think I have her on either Facebook or Instagram. Hot husband, hunky husband. Seems like a nice guy, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So whatever. Is he playing Bud Stage this weekend? No, he ain't, buddy. No, he, no, ain't, he ain't, brother. Ain't. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, let's do a quick talk, topic here. Uh, we got Max for another couple minutes. Uh, let's do. Let's just do Quentin. Unless, unless Shane, you do have your surprise, like something resembling a surprise that you want to do for the last little bit here. No. All right, Quint, Quentin's pretty good. Quint, yeah, that yeah. was Shane's surprise. Shane, you want to set it up? We'll, we'll just make this the Shane surprise here. Quentin. Tarantino. Okay, so guys, I got a. Have I got a surprise for you? So, Quentin Tarantino, <laughs> Max, you know who this is, right? Pulp Fiction, Kill Bill. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so when I do the, when you tell me about Angela's ashes, that's how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so apparently he did an interview on NPR where he made a remark that. Because of a comment his mother made when he was uh, younger, which was making fun of his writing in some capacity, he's always held a grudge against her. And he (laughs) said, well, he's never going to buy her a house or a car or anything like that. The typical things that people who make money buy their parents once they've made it. Uh, So, yeah, that's kind of the topic. And I wanted to know, would you guys ever hold a grudge like that? (laughs) Max, you laugh uh, because it's you would or um, well. One quick uh, aside: I was listening to uh, Quentin on Dak Shepard's podcast because he's been doing the rounds, and he, uh, Dax was trying to set Quentin up to be like, you know, you're, you're such a cool director. You like to have fun on set, and you know, it's like you like to keep the actors, you know, at ease. Oh, yeah. uh, and then, and then Quentin's like. Yeah, but uh, you know, I like to have a good time with my crew and stuff. But if somebody fucks up, they're gone. They're no, gone the, the camera next person, day. He said, "Yeah, yeah." yeah the camera, like, you can't fuck that up. And and and, 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 and he was like, he was, he was like, he was like, and people are like, 
no, she's a great person and she's gonna. It's like, no, you get one shot. I don't care how cool you are. Like, you don't fuck up on my set. And I got like <laughs> nervous listening to it. Like, I started to get sweat where I'm like, whoo, whoo, you really gotta like deliver. Did you feel that, Shane? Like, when he was saying that, did 100%. you start to get the anxiety of like when you were a PA and stuff? Like, it brought me right back. Oh, yeah. He's like, if you bring night film to a day shoot, you're gone. (laughs) 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 No, uh, so so he is sort of a crazy person. Because sometimes you hear about some directors that are like, oh, this guy's actually the best. He's the best hang. He treats everybody really, really well. But honestly, last night on set, I had to do a bit of Quentin Tarantinoing with some of the crew. I lost my temper. I was because I was trying to. We had to do a thing where the this this PA was sort of we couldn't use the PA, so the the sound of the playback was just coming from a computer. And I was trying to sing along, and and some of the lighting guys were were talking, and we're in this kind of vacuous studio where the sounds bouncing around. I was like, everybody, quiet on set. Everyone, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, everybody, quiet on set. You're like Christian scared. Bale, and it was fine, <laughs> right? <laughs> I was. I was like, everyone. It's like, Hattie, shut the fuck up. It was Hattie's studio. Uh, but even I, but I, we have a good relationship. So it feels like you can, you can say that to people that you, you know and like, and you hug it out after. Oh, yeah. You can Hattie abuse people you're, you're friends with. <laughs> <laughs> you're paying that need to be there on set. Their livelihood depends on it. Yeah. Um, but sorry, to answer your question, though, Shane, about uh, the garage holding, um, that seems kind of like a miserable way to live. Like, I, I, anything that's like overly petty, I have a really, really hard time just dealing with because I hate, that feeling, I just like not, I don't like grudges. But anyway, so for your mom, it's just like, that seems like, whenever you hear about any family members that like aren't talking to each other for like years or decades, I'm always like, what a miserable fucking way to live. But I, I get it. I mean, I don't know. Shane, what, what do you think? Would you would you not, if you, if you came into tens of millions of dollars, would you not put aside grievances to help your own mother? With money, I'm not as petty. It's more other things. I'm more petty. Money, mm. I'd I'd give her money. Like like what besides money? Like like when you say there's other things you would withhold. My parents didn't show me how to do a lot of stuff when I was younger. You know, like I wanted to kind of learn how to drive a car, but they never really pushed me or showed me. And I guess I wanted a little push. So now that mm. I'm older, I don't let them teach me anything. Oh. I'm kind of like no, no, I can do this. I'll learn this on my own. Like mm-hmm. oh, interesting. That's fair. No one ever taught you how to shave a mustache. So this is actually just the manifestation <laughs> yes. of your protest. I want this thing gone. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do a YouTube tutorial. My thing is it's like, uh, I, I think that I can take something personally very quick in the mm-hmm. moment, which is 100% like my dad, like very like you get your backup. You're like, wait a second. Like, you know, I can like, I can be petty in like a, a, a burst of a flame, right? Where I'm just like, fuck mm-hmm. this. And then literally you give me a little bit of time and there's no way I can hold on to it because I don't, mm. I don't like that poison living inside me. So I'm actually, I think I'm more like, Hey, you just move past it because then you can get on with your life. Does that, does that sound right? Yeah. Like, well, case in point, Gorin's uh, shitty apology, <laughs> clearly written by a lawyer. Well, this, this is a good guy. <laughs> make me emotional. Here. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's so anybody. So if I came into millions and millions of dollars, like, my family can rest assured that they would all be set up and all my friends who had wacky business ideas would probably get a nice cut. Did I talk about this on the pod uh, the other week about how I spite tip people? So this, how I, 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 how oh. I spite tip. Oh, yeah. I like this. Yeah, go on. So, so this, this happened a few times in my life. It happened recently. Um, 
the so we i had to pick up barbecue uh like a big takeout order for like uh, people that were coming by and it's about a uh 10 minute walk away and so i go down there and i ha- and i don't even carry my wallet anymore because i have all my credit cards on my phone i get down there the order's probably for like i don't know 110 dollars and i get down there or no maybe it was less than it was like 90 dollars it was 90 dollars it was less than 100 which is important I get down there. I'm like, I'm here to pick up my order. And then they don't accept tap on the thing. I'm like, ah, okay. Uh, we have company coming over in like 10 minutes. Like I want them, I want to feed them this fresh barbecue. Can I just come back? I order from here regularly. Like I can leave you with any information you want. I'll come back in an hour and a half and just like pay you. But can't. And, and, the, and the woman is the manager too. Like it wasn't just like a, a, a like kind of a lowly staff member who's like kind of afraid for their job. It was the manager who's like, mm, I don't know. I was like, what? Okay. And so I get on a city bike and I race home, grab my wallet, race back. So I'm able to make up the time. And the whole time I'm thinking, I'm like, I'm going to tip this fucking person so much fucking money. <laughs> They're going to feel so fucking yeah. stupid that they didn't think I was good for it. Uh, they they like, you don't be think fucking I'm fucking good again. for it? <laughs> right? And so basically I was like, I'm going to tip them fucking I'm gonna tip him fucking fifty dollars. I'm I'm tipping him seventy five dollars. Wow. Like I kept there him, like, you go. And so I think I ended up tipping fifty bucks. On, on something Whoa. that was like $90, just be like, I hope you feel really fucking stupid for not fucking trusting me. I've done, I did this the other mm-hmm. uh, one time years ago when I was, I, somebody was needed to pick me up. It was like February, it was really cold and it was like a coffee culture. I was in Waterloo at the time and I was just like needed to hang out somewhere warm for five minutes. I was clear and so I was just kind of sitting in a booth just waiting for someone to pick me up and the guy goes, hey, you're going to have to buy something. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm just going to be here for like, five more minutes just somebody's coming to grab me if that's okay he's like sorry that's the rule so i was like okay so then i buy the cheapest thing it was like a coffee for a dollar uh and i gave him like a ten dollar bill i said keep the change just keep it and this is not when i was uh, rich this is like back in like college so anyway to answer your question i think i would spite give houses to anybody who fucked me over so they'd be they'd have to kiss my ass for the rest of time do you know what i mean good plan good plan that, that's a good plan if i was super rich anybody who's a bit of an asshole who's like eh, hey you know what you want a house house on me and then they'd have to kiss my ass for the rest of the time i like it so the takeaway here is if you work in the service industry be a dick to max and you're gonna get a sweet tip uh <laughs> imply no max doesn't have money <laughs> you don't think i have money you don't think i can afford this here, just throws a whole bag of hundred dollar bills. Uh, all right, guys, uh, if you're listening and you are going to the Arkells uh, show, uh, uh, enjoy it on the Friday, enjoy it on the Saturday, and on the Sunday, uh, Shane Cunningham and myself will be there. So if you see us, say what's up. We'll wave at you. We'll be yeah, saying along yeah, to be everything. Fun. I want to see some pod picks. That'd be great. It's, it's going to be have a, an autograph a signing booth. That'd be funny. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Just to confuse people, yeah. Yeah. So who the fuck are these guys? Uh, yeah. Um, okay. So anyway, that's it. That's all our episode. Uh, thanks so much for listening, guys. Great to see you, and I can't wait to see you in person on Sunday. All right. Bye. Hey.